Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to Speed City. We are live from Austin, Texas. Back to be good on a Sunday night, man. Good to be back, right? On a- oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we uh, we do our Formula One pre- and post-race in Sunday mornings, and then we uh, put those back out on Sunday night when we're doing Formula One on the weekends. But <laughs> There you go. <laughs> yeah, and they're going to get even earlier in the next few weeks, so uh, that ought to be interesting. Yeah. No, well, this- no, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is John Massingill. That is Les Kaiser with the deep Texan voice. And Jonathan go. Green is not here. He is uh, at Sebring for the Formula 3, Formula 4 this weekend. Oh, no! Oh, mayhem! There's mayhem wherever he goes. Yeah, and uh, he's uh, he was thinking about maybe trying to call him, but I don't think he's going to make it. The timing is just not going to work out. I think they're still traveling and stuff. But but uh, let me run down what we got on the show, because Jonathan did an interview a couple of days ago. or Yeah, it was Friday. He did an interview with an FIA Formula 3 driver, Liam Lawson. And if you watch and listen to the show, then you know that name because he... This kid is awesome. Yeah, he's Uh, he's a great driver. Well, he's an FIA Formula 3, so he's obviously a great driver. Not too shabby. And I think he's, what, 19? He is definitely No, maybe maybe younger than that, actually. I want to say, I think he was 17 when he... We spoke to him sometime back. Yeah, so, I've got uh, in my notes somewhere. I've got his age. Well, that we have an interview we did with him, and you want to hear this interview because, as you recall, there was a Formula Three accident in Formula and uh, at Monza last weekend, and he was right underneath that accident. Shall I say an unbelievable viewpoint that he ended up with that crash, and of course. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. Think Top Gun, yeah, and think international relationships. Yeah, that that's exactly <laughs> right. If you know that movie and what the scene, that little was, scene, yeah. yeah. So yeah, that that's and and also really fascinating interview because you know you got somebody coming up through. You know, he started the year off winning the the uh, Macau Grand Prix and then has done. He's in multiple series right now, but uh, so we got an interview with him and we'll have that later in the show. And uh, but in today's show, we are going to we're going to talk about a lot about uh, in Formula One. We're talking about the black flags. I mean, uh, that's kind of kill roaches. We're talking (laughs) on the track. This black and white flag was uh, something we haven't seen much. We haven't seen. Right. So it's an interesting, interesting uh, addition. Yeah. And we're and we're going to talk a lot about uh, MotoGP. It was a great race today. Mark Marquez moving up in the record books. Man, it's crazy to think about. You know, we started watching him right here in Austin, won his first premier class race here. So it is, it yep. is, and I, and you know, on, on the opposite side of that coin, I feel like Rossi is sliding backwards. What are we going to do for our old man, buddy? Here, ah, uh, well, I mean, look, what did he finish fourth today? 
Yeah, think, but he's still not as fast as all I, the other Yamahas is the issue. Well, it's like it's if they true. didn't have their own issues, he was lagging quite a bit behind fellow brand mates. Give the old the man Yamaha. a break. Give the old man Dude, a break. Dude, I'm trying to give him every <laughs> break I can to shove across the line. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about a little bit about IMSA, too. I watched quite a bit of IMSA this weekend, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about that as well. And, you know, IndyCar coming up with their season finale coming up. So, oh, yeah. But I want to talk Formula One first. And you know what? Before we go into the black and white flags, I just want to – this is a – this to me, this is from last weekend, the other big story. We've been saying it. I've been saying it for I don't know how many races is Vettel toast. I know he's no longer the number one driver. I, you know, I say yeah. I know. He, I, I think the world knows he's no longer the, the number one driver at Ferrari. But what do you think about what's going on with Vettel? And I know that there's some – I have some notes from some other race drivers, including some ex-Formula 1 drivers who will weigh in on that. But what do you think about Vettel, where he's at right now? You know, uh, Vettel's cage got rattled when Charles joined the – area and uh honestly i think we saw cracks in the armor when leclerc pulled through and did some phenomenal qualifying finished races won races etc uh i don't think vettel was paying enough attention to Charles leclerc before he joined the team to see what this kid is capable of and now he's in premium equipment at ferrari and i i think that is what has got Seb rattled. You know, you say Seb started making mistakes this year. He started making mistakes last year. Yeah, he did last year. And I saw a stat. I didn't grab it, but it was something like he's made mistakes. What are we at? 15 races, 14 races? He's made right. mistakes at like eight of, of half, more than half the races. So, I mean, he's he's had, he's had a lot of trouble. And watching him get so flustered that he pulled back onto the track and, and, and uh, right – after he spun off, oh, I yeah. mean, that was a major mistake. I feel like that was a, a panic or a, a temper tantrum, one or the other. I think it's a panic. And uh, I think that was it in his situation. Pulled out. He got called on it, and rightfully so. That could be a really dangerous situation. Yeah. I mean, for one, he could have been T-boned, or he could have created another big situation with somebody else. Yeah, what was the, that's the a, penalty was? Honestly, that's a rookie mistake, yeah. and he did it. Yeah, that's exactly what you'd expect of a rookie. And, you know, he, when you see him interviewed, he still has that smile. He seems just as self-confident as ever and doesn't seem flustered. And I don't know, maybe I've seen a little bit in some of the post-race interviews, but he seems just as confident as ever. But on track, you see those mistakes, and... Uh, you know, I mean, there's people saying now, is he going to is he going to make it through the year? I'm like, I don't think that's going to be an issue, oh, I, but I think he'll be fine through the year, but he better uh, get back on his horse. Right. Well, you're the one that called Gasly, you know, I think on the second race of the season. Yep. So you are the guru. I'm going to default to you. I, I'm going to say Seb better really be thinking about next season and, you know, take it to heart over the next couple of races, and he better have something to show that he deserves a Ferrari seat. Otherwise, That's I could see point. him going to an underling team. That's a good point. He's He he had better show he deserves a Ferrari seat. That's a great way to put that. Who knows? Uh, you know, who else would we look at for the Ferrari seats? Now, there's... I mean, I mean, the obvious, we're, we're always talking Haas, but I don't think they're in the budget. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, and, I and I think it'd be a mistake for him to go there. 
Well, it's and that that is going to be really interesting to watch. I want to I want to read a little bit about what Nico Rosberg said. This is actually on Formula1.com. I Uh-oh. saw this article. Armchair quarterback. Here we go. Well, you know, he just he he the headline is don't write off Vettel yet, says Rosberg. But he comes right out and and says to him, you know, um he says he was very surprised. He said especially at the off track that we were just talking about. You know, he said, um, he said, you know, he's, he says Vettel is unexplainable for me. He said, I can't explain it. He said, he's a four-time champion. He's one of the best guys out there. And to make a mistake like that on your own, just spinning the car and then in a corner, that's so strange. And then he said, he goes on to say, this moment must be so dark for him. Rosberg says his teammate just became an absolute Ferrari legend and has, and has taken the number one status on the team probably from him. So, you know, I think. He agrees with that, but but he does say we shouldn't write him off because he can come back very quick, but it's not an easy one. So he's he said, having been outscored by 50 points to 13 by Leclerc in the last two races, Vettel has now slipped to fifth in the driver's standings. 115 off Lewis Hamilton, you know, which yeah. we, knew, we knew that, but... but hey, and this info we're talking about is on Formula1.com. Yeah. So if you really want to see more in depth, you're right. What do we do there? I mean, Canada was a fiasco for him. All, all these things. I just, uh, I don't know. I'm concerned. I like speaking to him in the paddock, and uh, he's always pleasant unless he's had a really bad day. So who knows what it's going to be like when he gets here in a few <laughs> more weeks. But don't you, when you've, you went to a couple of Grand Prix already so far this year, and yeah. did he, you know, what I was saying about he he still looks supremely confident. He does, uh, except immediately after qualifying in Monaco, uh, he had this frustration about him. But when they went to broadcast, he was good. Uh, hmm. I was watching some hmm. of the ongoings of that matter, it, it, but it was interesting. I mean, All right, I, well, I'm, I'm still waiting. I want to see him recollect himself and pull through. You know, Ferrari's not going to get up there to rival for the, you know, manufacturers yeah. front end the championship but i want to see vettel get recollected get his wits about him he and cleric could be a fantastic duo together if he can get his act back together yeah all right well i want to talk about black and white flags after monza because you know the the that was really the biggest story that and vettel what we just talked about was the biggest story how uh, when Hamilton was chasing down Leclerc and they brought out the black and white flag, which we've just virtually haven't seen, and basically saying, that's a warning, you do that again, and we're going to penalize yeah. you. Unsportsmanlike conduct, I've heard sure. it referred you to. Know, it, it's the yellow card in soccer, things like that. Uh, you know, you're pushing the limits, you're, you're not in the spirit of the sport, whatever it is. And so, which I find kind of interesting because, yes, Charles was certainly pushing the limits uh, in the spirit of the sport, but I feel like uh, why did they finally pull this out on this situation when we've seen things with Max? We've seen things with some of the other drivers out there. What was so different about this? Well, I, you know, I think that and another article that Buxton, Will Buxton put out on F1.com, and I, that to me, that one has the most in-depth about this. But his point to what you just said is that every incident is unique, and 
uh, I think that the underlying reason is that they want to see more racing. They want to see, you know, more hard racing is the way they've described mm-hmm. it. More hard racing, and they want to allow a little more. So, but but let's let's go back to the actual incident. When I saw it, I didn't immediately. In fact, in our post race show, you know, we go straight off the race and go on the air. And, you know, we didn't make a whole lot of, we didn't make a big deal out of that. We brought it up, but we didn't make a big deal out of that because I didn't think it was overly blatant. You know, I, it was definitely hard racing, but I don't know. Maybe I was just so excited that we had such a great hard racing sure. battle without, you know, a, a great race without rain or anything else. Now, I'm, now I am glad that they're using the black and white flag and, and somebody may ask why. Well, because now instead of getting that black flag ticket, that 10 second penalty you're warned hey that was a little little more than we are willing to accept so uh, you get that chance to back off without jeopardizing your race over that and immediately getting a 10 second slap out of this yeah well we you know none of us want to see a bunch of penalties we don't want to see unfair racing either right you know i i think if i had to if i had to choose i'd lean more towards a little harder racing and maybe let them race a little harder than see the black and white a little more often than than the penalties, see the black and white more. So that's, that's where I, I think maybe that's where they're coming down on this. So we'll see if that's, um, you know, let's see if that's where, where this goes. But, but I think it is going to be very interesting. I'm glad that it's an issue rather, you know, uh, a few weeks ago, or a few couple of months ago now, we were having a lot different discussions about Formula 1. The racing's not so great. Sure. Well, now we're having these discussions, which is so much better in my mind. So. Sure. And, you know, that black and white flag has always been there. It just wasn't being used. Somebody mentioned, oh, there's, there's a, what's this new black and white flag? Well, it's not new, folks. It's yeah. It's been there. It just kind of fell out of use. Uh, they quit using it, and they went straight to a penalty which, uh, like I said, I'd I'd really see some hard racing and a little little warning, yeah, as opposed to a penalty straight to a penalty. All right, we got to take a break. Before we do, uh, let me. There's a couple comments on Facebook. We're live on Facebook and Twitter, and I think that's it right now. Yeah, Facebook and Twitter. And uh, Kevin Kelly says Vettel will be back. That's his opinion on that one. So, is he uh, in the new Terminator movie? <laughs> uh, Michael Urquhart says, "Love the show." Thanks, Michael. But. Uh, yeah, let's go ahead and take a break. But if you want to join the conversation, give us a call, 512-643-LIVE, 512-643-5483. Love to have your calls back after these messages. As a rider, you know what you like, the power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers, the best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. At Circle Brewing, the belief is less is more when it comes to brewing a better beer. You won't find any chemicals or additives, only water, malt, hops, and yeast, and absolutely nothing else. Just simple ingredients and outstanding taste. It's German purity with Texas ingenuity. Find the brews on tap all over town in your favorite store or drop by the tap room at 2340 West Breaker Lane. Open Thursday and Friday nights and weekends. Log on to circlebrewing.com. 
Circle Brewing Company. Born, bred, and brewed in Texas. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Talk 1370. The right choice. Max, 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 Super Max, Max, Super, Super Max, 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 Super Max, Max, Super, Super Max, 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 Super Max, Max, Super, Super Max, Max. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Have you heard this song, Les? No, and I'm not sure I'm enjoying it now. Uh, you're going to enjoy it. This is going to be stuck in your ear now, in your brain. It's going to be drilling into your brain. Do you realize how many voices I already have in my brain? <laughs> uh, this song is the Super Max Verstappen song. And I heard it listening to, actually I was watching a YouTube video that Lando Norris put out. And Lando, and all of a sudden he was, he was streaming, right? He was streaming on, uh, he was streaming, I think it was iRacing, but... Anyway, so he's streaming his gaming, which is really right. cool. I mean, his racing, so it was really cool. But then Max joined him, so they were both oh. talking. And then, so you know how when you're, if you ever, if you ever watch kids game, they can just bring up a YouTube video or whatever and just bring it into bring <laughs> it into the feed and just play the music. So, and Max had not heard it, I don't think. And uh, Lando, anyway, uh, I'm gonna it, say, isn't that Max's voice? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but, thrown into it. But apparently it's these these old guys that made this this video. I think they're called the Pitch Shop Boys or something like that. Nice. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Alrighty, we, well, well, thanks. The, the real story behind that is the fact that all these guys are now streaming their, not say all of them, there are some F1 drivers, including Max and Lando, that are streaming some of their, their racing, which is really cool to see. The, because The e-racing stuff, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, online. Sorry, they're they're, they're gaming racing. Like esports. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it We've was... We've got a secret about that. Are we going to divulge it? We are going to divulge that. We talked about it last week. By the way, that was on Twitch that was then on YouTube. So if you search... In fact, it's I tweeted it on Saturday. So, uh, But yeah, we are going to... We are going to have our own Formula One event this year. We've had a few over the years, but we're going to have our own. And we're going to have an esports event. And we are going to get... Uh, some race drivers to come into Austin that are going to be here for sure. Some of the F4 drivers that from the US F4 series, and they're going to join us. And most likely, this is going to be at a new esports lounge in downtown Austin called Valhalla, brand new, opened about a month ago. And this place has got a in the back of the. I'm excited for this. Yeah, in the back they've got. If you know anything about gaming, if PCs and stuff, they've got some really incredible rigs provided by. Um, Alienware. Alienware. Yeah. I mean, that's top the, of the line. That's the high-end Dell yeah. product. Yeah. Owned yeah. by Dell, but yeah, really high-end gaming. You know, the best video cards, really like high refresh rate monitors. Right. All the good hardware. And we're going to try to get some, either some steering wheels and some brake pedals or something to go with that. But we're going to have that probably on Wednesday the 30th. But just stay tuned and watch our social. Yeah, so if you're coming to Austin for USGP, 
get here at least Wednesday afternoon <laughs> so you can catch this. Uh, well, yep. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's going to be fun. But, hey, let's talk a little MotoGP. Oh, we had the, uh, the race today, and, I mean, it was, you know, I it was a great race because it's MotoGP. I, you know, you... I haven't been following MotoGP because of all the F1 work we do as much this year as I normally would. Right. But, man, it was, uh, you know, the typical MotoGP race and, of course, came down to the last lap. And, in fact, it was turn one when Marquez, I believe his first lead of the race, and if I'm not mistaken, and but it was a great race all the way through with Fabio Quattararo leading yeah. ahead of, of Marquez. For almost the whole race. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, was fantastic racing all through. Uh, you know, absent were some of the names that we often cheer for. Rossi, uh, just his Yamaha was just not up there pulling with the other guys. Uh, I, gosh, I struggle. I want this guy to get number ten for his championship, and uh, and you know, be able to go out and go do something else. <laughs> uh, you know, on a win streak, and then uh, you know. The Ducatis struggled with yeah they did today didn't all they? day and uh, apparently they've been struggling all weekend was really a tough situation for those to go through uh, but you know speaking of Rossi there was something really cool so he got to ride one of his GP bikes you know realized this is right by his hometown yeah near the ranch near all this kind of stuff he got to ride one of his other GP bikes from his ranch through town through the par- a parade that they did for him approaching all the way to the track. So I was just loving that, <laughs> but uh, very cool with that. It was all, uh, you know, that track is a narrow, has a narrow line to it, race line. Mizano, yeah. And so it's a really, really a tough, tough uh, track for these folks. The surface is different. Uh, thus Ducati was having some, hmm. trans- some uh, traction issues. Other teams were able to, battle with it too and you know delivered better than Ducati but uh this track is known for a narrow tight line and and lots of aggressive it takes a lot of aggressive moves to get there well I saw that you know so it was talking about the last lap so uh Quattro led for a good bit of the of you know maybe not the very beginning of the race but most of the latter part of the race he he led and Marquez was behind him the whole time pressuring him the Jaws whole time shark music yeah, the whole time. And then, of course, turn one of the last lap, Marquez goes late in the brakes and goes ahead. And then about three turns later, Quattuero took it back. Yep. And then uh, and then shortly thereafter, like one or two turns later, Marquez took it back again and was able to hold on. And then I think it was lap, or excuse me, turn 14 of 16, Quattuero tried to dive in and take it, almost lost it, almost right. crashed. And then the race was done there. Marquez won, but really, what what was it was a pretty historic win because Marquez went fourth all time. He's now seventy seven victories, and you know he was fifth or sixth the beginning going into the year, and now he's up to fourth. And so ahead of him is Angel Nito at ninety wins. Valentino Rossi is second all time with one hundred and fifteen wins, and then Agostini, of course, first with one hundred and twenty two wins, but. Okay, I'm just looking at the the years that everybody took to do that. So Rossi is 21 years to get his 115. Marquez, nine years to get his 77. 
I mean, the math looks like, and Marquez just looks like he's not going to go anywhere off of his, uh, off of his championship looking, you know, form right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the, the big, the span I'm watching is, uh, Valentino with 115 to Rossi 77. Yeah. That is a long ways apart. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still, still holding out for our buddy there, Valentino to get in there. Well, but I know you watched the whole race today. What'd you think? I liked it. Uh, you know, this weekend though, there were several offs that were really getting people. I mean, during the practices, I mean, Marquez went down. Iannone got hurt over the weekend, didn't get to race. Zarco crashed during morning warm-up and limped away. I mean, I mean, it was all this different stuff going on. Obviously, this is a tough track, and which made it enjoyable. I hated to see anybody limping off and not, you know, Iannone getting off in pain. But uh, I enjoy seeing it because I think it just really emphasized how much of a superstar rider these guys are, even the last ones. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, but as usual, fantastic racing to watch. And, uh, you know, on non-F1 weekends, we get to watch all kinds of things and watch MotoGP and watch a little of the uh, – actually, I kind of had the, the IMSA race series going on all weekend, you know, in the yeah. background at the house. And I watched a lot of the, uh, the Michelin Series race on Saturday. And, uh, and then on Sunday, I had the race going today, too. And did you see Connor Daly won, right? Whoop whoop! There you go, man. Our friend Connor. He's gonna Daly. get a good ride. He's gonna. He needs a solid ride, folks. Come on now. <laughs> you know, it, it's it's such an ongoing story that he doesn't have the permanent place. But but uh, but yeah, he was. Uh, <laughs> Hopefully, that'll do some good. Yeah. You know, I mean, like I said, I feel like Connor's had some rough breaks going to the five hundred, not making it to the starting line on the warm up, oh. and being out. You know, uh, uh, that was heartbreaker. Didn't get to see what he's capable of because he's he's quite talented. He's a fun personality to be around. Yeah, uh, you know we've seen him at the USGP and the IndyCar races. It's uh, he's a good guy. Somebody's got to latch on to him for his skill and his personality. Yeah, and they, and of course, if you didn't see it, IMSA was out at Laguna Seca at the new the new title sponsor WeatherTech. Man, those guys have spent some bucks in, uh, in everything. Have, have been and yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, where are we at on time? We got a couple of minutes left. There's a couple more, um, couple more stories I wanted to touch on, and you know, one of the things Les, we we've been watching all year in in Formula One is, uh, you know, we talked about uh, the different we uh, all throughout the season we talked about you know the midfield battles, and one of the big the stories from the midfield uh, is how McLaren has moved their, not a Formula One story, actually, but they've moved their headquarters. They are moving their manufacturing facility, and they are landing in Texas. Yeah, baby. Just a piece or two up the road, but <laughs> uh, they are up in northwest Dallas, and so that'll be a, a real interesting facility. I just got to believe that they're going to wind up coming back here and... Uh, and do something for for Austin for the USGP. Yeah, yeah. I just got yeah, to imagine think you're so. going to see more of a, a consumer level presence, and so yeah, and so I just think that's going to be a big plus for Texas for motorsports. 
Circuit of the Americas, the only fixed circuit yeah. in the United States right now for the Formula One. You just got to know McLaren's going to be here on a regular basis. They were just here last week for Cinefest, and there were a lot of those Cinnas there and uh, some of the P1s. It was uh, really great. I tell you, I was hoping to see one of the F1s there, yeah, the uh, streetcar F1, but never did. I was. Uh, I got a call from a buddy of mine who lives in Dallas. He goes, you guys may have gotten Apple but we got McLaren. Yeah, <laughs> so I'll yeah, trade no you. kidding. All right, well, let's go ahead and take a break. When we come back, we are going to hear that interview with FIA Formula 3 driver Liam Lawson. Really, really fascinating interview. Stay tuned for that. Back after these messages. At Circle Brewing, the belief is less is more when it comes to brewing a better beer. You won't find any chemicals or additives, only water, malt, hops, and yeast, and absolutely nothing else. Just simple ingredients and outstanding taste. It's German purity with Texas ingenuity. Find the brews on tap all over town in your favorite store or drop by the tap room at 2340 West Breaker Lane. Open Thursday and Friday nights and weekends. Log on to circlebrewing.com. Circle Brewing Company. Born, bred, and brewed in Texas. Howdy, I'm Andrew Monaco, voice of the Texas A&M Aggies. All-American Dave Elmendorf and I are bringing a little bit of Kyle Field to Austin. Join us for the 12th Man Happy Hour on Monday, September 30th. Enjoy an evening of cocktails, food, and Aggie football talk at Bob's Steak and Shop House. Dine on fried lobster, beef tenderloin, and more as Andrew and Dave break down all things Aggies past and present. It's the 12th Man Happy Hour. Ticket info at 12thmanhappyhour.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Talk 1370. I'm a bad liar. Bad liar. Now you know. Now you know. Hey, this is Garrett Garloff. I ride the number 31 Yamaloo Graves Yamaha, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back to the show. We are going to play an interview that we've been talking about with a gentleman who is Liam Lawson is his name, and he's in uh, FIA Formula 3 is, is where he is. You know, he hasn't done a full season, by the way, but and you'll hear some of that, but I uh, just wanted to introduce him because he's – a young and upcoming driver, and he has been uh, – he, he's had some great success already. Like early this year, he won the championship at the – or actually won the New Zealand Grand Prix. He didn't win the championship down there. But but down there, you know, the, the Toyota Racing Series down there is where, you know, a lot of these young drivers go to hone their skills and get some seat time. But there's some really amazing drivers that have come through that have gone to Formula One. So it's a – that's a big deal to win that. But he's had a uh, – He's had a uh, a great career so far. He's young. 
And but but I want to go ahead and play this now, and we'll comment afterwards because it's really fascinating. He, this was right after he was uh, racing at Monza. All right, I'm on the line with Liam Lawson, who is currently in the uh, UK and running around Europe, and actually doing a pretty darn good job as a rookie in the FIA Formula Three Championship. He's coming off a podium second place this time at Monza and Liam welcome once again to Speed City and to Talk Sport Talk Motorsport I'm delighted uh, for you tell me a little bit about the result yeah thank you very much it's nice to nice to be back yeah it's I guess you know second place is, is a really good result it's really good point it's good for the team and stuff like that but uh, I'll be honest I did leave the track very disappointed with uh, with that race it's sort of yeah, we we really struggled a lot of this year. Um, in FIF3, this is. We really struggled with uh, pace in the dry, especially. So that was a wet race. We started wet. Um, and I kind of knew, we all knew that was one of the opportunities we were going to get this year to, to win a race. So, um, yeah, I was pretty focused on that. Um, and unfortunately, starting off the front row, um, the way everybody has their own way of doing the start. Um, and unfortunately, the way our team does it, um, didn't work for us in the in the it works in the dry but it didn't work in the rain we basically had a terrible start and I went back to fifth and you know had really good pace drove back through to second um nearly got to to the lead but unfortunately by the end of the race I'd been going so hard that I had no tires left and the track was drying out so the um especially the rears because we're on wet tires the the rears were just completely burnt out by the end so um no matter how close I got to the leader basically every time we came out of slow corners um or come out of a corner I had no traction and just couldn't get close enough down the straight so um <clears throat> yeah finished second um so yeah in that sense it's a little bit disappointing because we definitely had the pace to, to win that race um but it is a it's still a very good result let me ask you this um you got that benefit so people who don't understand it's basically a reverse grid for the second race of the weekend. So you got seventh, I believe, in race one, which puts you on the front row. Now, is when you're racing, is that sort of part of the plan is to try to look towards race two and getting that front row start? For us, it is, yeah. Uh, and obviously for <clears throat> some of the front teams, no. But for, for us, that's something that we, we try and work towards because it really gives, you know, our only opportunity to get up the front um, seems to be in those in those reverse good races normally anyway. But um, to be honest, on Monza, even in the dry, we actually, we had really good pace practice when you we were going to be fast um, going into quali. And I was on some really good laps, but unfortunately there was, um, I don't know if you saw, but there was some big traffic dramas um, where the front couple of cars would, because you have 30 cars out on track and because Monza's a track there, everyone wants to get a slipstream. Everyone wants to, to follow not directly behind but have a gap to the car in front but it can help makes half a second a lap um quite easily if you have a good enough toe so everybody's trying to get in behind another car and the front cars um some of the front teams won't put any names but um we're playing a few games with everybody and uh and basically you know backing everybody up and i was coming and i started my laps well behind the field just to get some clear laps but every time i get to the end of the lap there's 15 20 cars just stopped you know, doing 30 kilometers an hour, weaving along, trying to, to, to set up their laps because the front guys are always slowing up. So we kept getting compromised. Every lap that I would that I would push on, I would get traffic. And then, you know, my best time was set on the first set of tires that we did. Um, but it was like my sixth push lap because I had to wait for everybody to come in the pits before I could actually do a lap. Um, and by then, the, the tires were completely dead. So, you know, we went back out on our, on our 
other another new set. Um, again, had really good pace. Was on some some good laps that would have put us, we think, in at least the top five. But kept getting traffic, and um, so that really put us back. And then there were some yeah really weird calls by the the stewards putting. They decided that everybody that slowed down should get a penalty. So we all got penalties um, for basically not crashing into the cars in front, which we thought was a bit stupid. Um, and so I ended up getting a five-place grid penalty for, for that and starting the race 14th. Um, so, yeah, it, we, we actually had good pace. and managed to come from 14th to 7th. Um, and, yeah, but obviously, um, yeah, if, if, I mean, for a lot of this year, we, we do spend if, – if we know our pace isn't great, we, we do spend the first race really trying to get to that reverse grid um, to the top eight. Well, let me ask you this, Liam, because obviously, as you saw in Formula One, it was a problem. Uh, it kind of ruined qualifying. And Monza is just such a great circuit and has been for many years. Um, everybody loves to see Monza. But they kind of ruined the whole uh, qualifying session. And it sounds like yours was done the same. Well, I mean, what could be done that would avoid people literally trying to put people off and slowing down and effectively uh, trying to put people off their qualifying laps? Well, we, you know, we've been asking for a lot of this year to split quality because um, with 30 yeah. cars, it's really, you know, and so like, for example, Budapest, when you have 30 cars going around a track like that, it's really small. It's It makes it impossible because, you know, everybody's on their own run play. And when somebody's on a push lap, somebody else is on a cool down lap and slowing down. And it just becomes really, really difficult. But in Monza, exactly what happened in Formula One happened to us Um Somehow the F1 guys only got a reprimand, but for some reason we all got massive penalties um, for it. So it was, uh, yeah, it was a bit weird, you know. But basically, yeah, I, I think the way to to fix it, um, the, it's basically caused by people just going unnecessarily slow. Because um, obviously you can slow down if you're on a if you're on a cool down lap. You don't have to be pushing. You can just move out of the way for others coming through. But in this situation, we were doing at sometimes, you know, first gear. Trying to, I was nearly stalling. Um, we were going that yeah. slow, so basically, you know, we just can't slow down that much. And but I think the thing that would fix it the most would be splitting qualifying because, um, yeah, with thirty cars, um, it becomes quite difficult. Well, let me ask you this: um, What about the experience of Monza? I mean, I've been there for Formula One and many other different races, but. It's a heck of a place to go to in the middle of a big city. The fans are crazy. It's tough to be there because it's busy. You've got a lot going on. And then, of course, the weekend itself was uh, filled with highs and lows. Um, uh, how was the experience? Because, like I said, without putting too much of a, a point on it with Anton Hubert and, of course, a guy you've raced against in Juan Manuel Correa involved in that incident, how was that whole weekend for you? Monza itself was one of my favourite weekends so far. The atmosphere is really, really cool. As you said, you've been there, so you would know what it's like. Um, it's really, it is pretty special. You know, lots of Ferrari fans there. Um, unfortunately, I was gone by the by, uh, by the afternoon race for Formula One, so I didn't get to see um, Leclerc win. But you know, it's uh, definitely a cool place. But um, still, you could feel, um, you know, it, it's still. Yeah, it was only a week after the incident um, in Spa with um, with Antoine Hubert, and you know, for me that was um, a, a first first weekend I've experienced something like that happen, and it was really quite scary to be a part of. Um, so, yeah, really, really sad news um, for, for something like to have you know to have happen. But um, and you know, the last 
sort of two weeks, the last two race weekends we've had, and those two weeks I've seen three of the biggest crashes I've ever seen in my life, obviously. In the race, the Sunday race of Spa, my teammate um, uh, got a puncture and went straight off um, at the fastest corner on the track and went underneath the tie wall. He, you know, the tie wall basically, he was going so quick that instead of the tie wall stopping him, he just went directly underneath it and was trapped under there. And then obviously we had, you know, Alex Peroni, and I was following him in that race. I was only two, three cars behind him. So he went over top of me and I couldn't believe what I'd saw when he, when I see this, you know, car flying over top of me, I can see him through the halo because he's directly upside down when I'm going underneath. I can see his, I can see him in, in the car. Um, and that's something that's really scary. So yeah, the last couple of weeks, um, been quite scary in, in that sense with the, with the crashes that have happened. Um, but it's obviously, yeah, extremely sad to, um, to see, uh, yeah, Antoine Hubert lose his life. You know, we uh we as fans of the sport i mean it is exciting when cars come together and crash i mean we have to admit that and we yeah. obviously always want everybody to be safe but you could hear that in his voice how scared he was when that was happening to him where that where peroni's car was literally flying over him and he was looking up through Absolutely. the halo Absolutely. I have uh, never been in a situation of rolling a car or whatever, but I can just imagine the the uh, terrifying view that you're going to get when that and and there's another car above you as well. Uh, you know, it, it is uh, you're right. It is exciting. That's not necessarily the excitement we want to see. You know, I, I like more the rugby style of racing and we're, you know, elbowing and shouldering yeah. each other to race and, and not uh, doing anything near so drastic. But, you know, like like I said earlier, I just have that one image in, from Top Gun of the, yeah. uh, the the pilot giving directions, international relations. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just have that image in my head when, when he talked about looking up and seeing eye to eye. Yeah. Well, I did have it in my notes. Liam Lawson, uh, who just heard, is is uh, just turned seventeen this year, so uh, he's uh, he's really one to watch for sure. You know, and he's part of the Red Bull Junior program too. And uh, so, you know, that's a have you have you done a lot of research on that? I was looking at that more today. You know, they do the race series there in Super Formula Japan, Euro Formula Open, Formula Four Italy, IndyCar Series, uh, ADAC Formula Four. And F3 Europe, F3 Asia, and they have uh, a pretty impressive – I mean, you'll listen to the names. Lucas Auer, Jack Doohan, Johnny Edgar, Dennis H- Hager, Liam Lawson, Patricio Ward, Harry Thompson, Dan Tictum. I mean, those are some names that we all know, and, and, I'm, and they're all young and up-and-coming drivers. So they've got – that's a pretty – that's an amazing stable that Red Bull Jr. has put together. Pretty cool. Well – now, here's what I have done, because every time we look at another series, every time we look at another, you know, top level sport, global, Red Bull is there. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, in, in my typical ADD fashion, <laughs> squirrel, a squirrel, I go off and was looking at some of the other things. And so uh, here, here's some of what I found. Take a wild guess how many cans they sell a year of their energy drink. Well, let's see. It must cost them a half a billion dollars to play in Formula One. Uh, I have no idea, actually. <laughs> Six point, uh, excuse me, 6,790 billion cans. Wait, 
So trillions of cans? (laughs) I guess so. I guess, yeah. And, you know, I always joke about they're selling sugar, caffeinated sugar water for $4 a can. So, yeah, that adds up fast. All right. Well, I'm looking at the clock. We got to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to continue to, we got a couple more F1 things. And uh, we got some other stuff we're going to talk about as well. Some things happening here in Austin. You're listening to Speed City live here in Austin. Back after these messages. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. At Circle Brewing, the belief is less is more when it comes to brewing a better beer. You won't find any chemicals or additives, only water, malt, hops, and yeast, and absolutely nothing else. Just simple ingredients and outstanding taste. It's German purity with Texas ingenuity. Find the brews on tap all over town, in your favorite store, or drop by the tap room at 2340 West Breaker Lane. Open Thursday and Friday nights and weekends. Log on to circlebrewing.com. Circle Brewing Company. Born, bred, and brewed in Texas. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Talk 13.7, the right choice. Hello, I'm Jenny Gow from BBC F1. You are listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Man, it is the fastest hour in radio. We only get about... 12, 13 minutes left. I, yeah. I want to talk about something local that is near and dear to my heart, and that is the road conditions in Austin, Texas. And okay, this is now probably... you just really slowed down matters if we're going to relate <laughs> yeah. it. Well, I'm certain this is relevant to a lot of cities. I know Austin is, you guys know I'm a native and it's near and dear to my heart, but with the growth that we've had being the fastest growing big city for like a decade, uh, the roads, it's like a third world country in a lot of Austin. And I'm not exaggerating. I mean, if you have a cool car in Austin, you just... I mean, I I'm, I get people honking at me because I'm driving slow over the giant potholes in Austin. And I was watching the local NBC affiliate, yep. and a story came on about how much money they have been spending on a bicycle program. 
And I've noticed all these bicycle Okay, now, lanes. wait a minute. You know I've been putting in the mileage on bicycles. I know you've been putting on the mileage, and if you want to defend this, you're, you're going well, to have a hard time. Let's hear what you're going to say, because I may so not, actually. They, they've spent, they spent about a quarter of a billion dollars on this program. They, that's the budget for it, right? And they, their goal was to, to get the 1% commuters, 1% of commuters that ride a bike, to increase. Well, in the, I think it's about six years they've been doing this. It's it spiked up to one point one percent, and then it dropped back down to one percent. So they've achieved nothing. Brilliant, exactly, brilliant. <laughs> so they've achieved nothing except they've diverted a quarter of a billion dollars away from fixing the roads right. into all these crazy bicycle lanes. They, so it's this hidden tax on all of us because. My suspension, I mean, I don't know about you, but it's no, like... No, yeah, you know mine is lower than yeah, yours. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, and I, you know, it's like a constant battle replacing suspension parts here in Austin. So anyway, yeah. I'm certain this happens in other cities too, but... Uh, no, okay, you're right. Texas, baby. Right, Austin, bicycle Texas, boy, what do you right. got? What do you well, got to no, say? no, so I am not riding a bicycle as a commuter. I am, you know... Exercise. Shedding 40 pounds over it so far. So, there you go, man. Congrats. But it's... Uh, no, I appreciate it. It, it is... Uh, the bicycle environment in Austin can be quite contentious at times. And yeah, absolutely. I, You're right. And uh, there are some, I mean, I've got a lot of respect for a two-ton Miata that might take me out here yeah. or, or anything else. Uh, and I'm riding the gear and the blinky lights and all that kind of thing. But I have traversed this city on you know, most any Saturday, 20, 30 miles. Uh, to do it, and I will say there are ways to get through this town on bicycle safely and faster than you're going to get there on the bus. <laughs> yeah, or or a car. Well, and oh About yeah, there the have been there have been several times that I have uh, seen the same car pass me up later on that I passed way back. You know, somewhere. Oh yeah, on the ride. I, I've I when when I'm commuting in a car, I see guys on bikes. I'm going. They're going to beat me there, aren't they? And quite often they yeah, do. Yep. And uh, you know the it is something else. Uh, there's still a lot of improvement uh, to go f- to make it usable and reliable and safe. I mean, I'm making people right mad because I'm riding on sidewalks a lot of times because the bicycle lane is really not wide enough, and you see people swerving and yeah. You know, I've seen police officers knock on car windows because the person sitting there with the cell phone in their hand Mm. and i've seen that happen in motion with the motorcycle cop reaching over and tapping on the window (laughs) on the window and that goes on so it scares me yeah i i use the sidewalk sometimes i prefer my own bike lane i prefer you know there's one right by your house i rode by was you know the full car width plus a little bit wide yeah Uh, i feel better there but uh, still not great uh i don't know where all that money went to be honest yeah, I mean, I've seen some new bike lanes, I think, and also, you know, I know I have. Actually, over here in Barton Hills, I've seen, well, they they put up all these concrete barriers. Yeah. And, you know, the crazy thing, they put up all these concrete barriers before they put any reflectors or anything around oh, them. Gee. So you're driving down the road, and all of a sudden, there's concrete barriers right in the middle of the road. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was literally before they moved the lanes, and I was like, what genius did this? Oh, come on, yeah. at least paint them yellow or something sure, before you sure. before you put away the the tools. Well, the there way. are some there are some cycleways, and I'm talking about a ten to twelve foot sidewalk dedicated to pedestrians and bicycles 
non-motorized, not e-scooters, not e-bicycles or any of that. Yeah. But I have ridden long, long distances on this, uh, going different directions in town. That works pretty well. All right. Well, we're going to move back to there. We're going to move back to motor racing. Or at least some cool cars, because we're going to lose our audience when we're talking about bicycles and traffic in Austin. Uh, one thing I want to talk about, it's a cool car. Uh, I think it is. The Uh-oh. new Porsche Taycan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what do you think? What do you think? Uh, you know, I, if you've seen the commercial on the aircraft carrier and the launch yep. and everything, you'll see our friend Shay Holbrook oh, uh, yeah, doing yeah. that. Did the uh, zero to 60 back to zero and uh, it, it was just fantastic how quick it went. Now, that was 2.8 seconds, 0 to 60. And they yeah. got something they call the turbo. 0 to 62, actually. Yeah. That's 100 kilometers. That's right. They have a model that they call the turbo. I, that, that is weird. I just. That's crazy. Yeah, I agree. I, I cry foul, just as I did a Dodge Charger being four doors. No, that's the Coronet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, yeah. Why an electric car is called a turbo? I have no idea. That I, that yeah. No. So, uh, great, great car. Very fast. Good looking car. Uh, sporty, edgy looking as I would expect. Uh, and don't think of the Panamerica when you. Think the Panamera. Yeah, you know what? The Panamera is not there. Yeah, I it, said Panamerica. I've been reading historic racing stuff. Oh, uh, <laughs> we, we may know, have to does, get into that. Yeah. It does so, at a first glance, it does look like the Panamera, but it's better looking. It looks a little Very more nine eleven ish. Yeah, and then the front end, it's got a little uh, a more high tech look to it. I don't like the wheels that they chose for the launch. Well, the wheels are designed in such a way that uh, the car is extremely aerodynamic. Now, yeah. that wheel may look familiar, but the slots that you see in that wheel, only every other one are actually open. And that is intended because they need a certain amount of air circulating in there. They are doing regen braking on this. The thing that oh, is really impressive, uh, even more so than we've seen on you know the Teslas and some of the other cars, is they are talking about the brake life span of these brake pads and brake components, you may never replace these components for hundreds of thousands of miles. Yeah, you're doing all your braking with region. region. Right. And so a uh, very different, very swift car. We'll we'll have to uh, ask Shay about that next time she joins us. Dude, we need to get, get one and drive it. That's what we need to be doing is talking well, about. Well, let's see. I'll be in L.A. next month. Let me see what we can do. All right. Uh, just a couple more things on that. It's an 800-volt it's, uh, electric motor i think that i think the teslas i don't know i i know that 400 when do we get is, to gigawatts yeah yeah 1.21 gigawatts yeah uh yeah 800 volts the they can be charged from five percent to 80 percent in 22 minutes how is that and that's gonna you know to me that makes this car viable for trans for moving well and and traveling how do you do that how do you do that is because that's going to take one of the it's the network supercharger type style you know with major amperage and voltage probably not on your 110 outlet you're probably not going to do that so uh but yeah i'm really excited to see what this is like because you know they always talk about the tesla's without a soul right it's the acceleration is mind-blowing and it is i've driven some and it's just insane but and, and they do handle good inherently with the low center of gravity with all the batteries down low. I mean, I, I read an article in what was it Road and Track? They put on a track, especially for at least one lap, 
they do really, really well. This right. is the Model 3 performance model. So anyway, this this Porsche is going to be really interesting to follow. And so anyway, I I did watch the entire launch. It, it came on at like 7 in the morning. I think I watched it getting ready for the day and watched it live on the phone or anything. But it was it was kind of Apple-like watching that launch. But. All righty. Well, wait a minute. The one last thing. What, what's the barometer the world puts a car against? Range? Ring. The ring. Oh, the ring. Oh, okay. I thought you meant electric Seven car. Seven-minute, 42-second lap. Huh. Okay. I don't know my num- my ring numbers very well. All right. So that's a, uh, a C6ZR1. Those are uh, kind of things in that area. Let me see if I can pull Let's up Let's not forget, other. this is a four-door sedan, too. Four-door sedan, electric. Yeah, a 997 Porsche GT3. Huh. Okay. So uh, That's pretty respectable. Yeah. It, it's in uh, great company. To do that so yep keep an eye out leave it to our friends at porsche all right one more thing here in austin and if you can if you're watching on youtube or our facebook or twitter where we are today also uh you might see my shirt i got my skip barber shirt on because i was many 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 years ago a graduate of the three-day racing school at skip barber and i think about the things that i learned at skip barber almost every time i drive a car and I got, the three-day school was a very intense school, which included classroom. And this was, I took it out at Willow Springs. Well, they have come to Dusty circuit. Dusty Willow. Yeah, the big Willow. They they brought uh, Skip Barber's now at Circuit of the Americas. They've been here for a little while this year, but we haven't really talked about it. But uh, but there, you can go to Skip Barber here in in Austin. And I know that some you know some people say, well, maybe this is not the uh, this is not the same ownership as the original Skip Barber. But everything that I've read, and maybe we can get our hands on some. Already got that. Yeah, there we go. We'll we'll talk to some of the guys at Skip Barber. And this is not a commercial for them. I just, I mean, Skip, if you think back, how many, for how long were, were, you know, you'd look at a list of race drivers in Indy or wherever. Oh, yeah. And what, 20, 30% of them had graduated from Skip Barber Race School. It was something else. You know, back in the day, that was the one that uh that was always in the car and driver and the road and yep. track magazines and the grassroots so that that's where you found them yeah you know what made me finally decide to do skip barber up my i uh, i was watching seinfeld way back in the day and on his refrigerator was a skip barber bumper sticker and i was like oh that's cool and then uh about two, oh, mu- two months later my that. wife bought me uh skip barber racing school for uh for christmas so that was my present. There you go. All right. Well, we are out of time. We appreciate everybody listening and watching. And make sure you uh, tune in to our Formula One pre- and post-race shows. Go to our website, speedcitybroadcast.com, to find out. They are national shows. And we have the you can hear our pre- and post-shows and the race in between on the radio if you're in the car or wherever. And uh, all sorts of good content up on our website, speedcitybroadcast.com, our Facebook, and our Twitter. We put up content all the time. Thank you very much for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next week. Ciao, y'all.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.